0: All right, Zig, coming in on the top today on the show, we have Avery Mandeville of the band Little Hag. I can't go on enough about how much I love this band. There's something so unique about Avery's voice and something so punk rock about the whole band and the essence of it and this use of space and this use of like angst and put into a really unique pop-wrapped perspective. And um, we always have good conversations. I enjoy talking with Avery. It's been It's a pleasure to have her back on. The new album is called Leash. It's out on all streaming platforms. There's an accompanying EP called The Breakfast. It's also out on all streaming platforms. I highly recommend you check out Little Hag's YouTube channel. The video for Cherry is hilarious. And some of the other videos are equally as entertaining and profound. So YouTube, make sure you dive into the visual aspects of Little Hag as well. We're going to listen to the song Come off the Breakfast EP.
1: (coughs) Wise respect.
2: veteran of the scene he picked up a camera and pointed it right at me he says Avery I seen you singing and when your eyes roll all the way
1: back you look like you're about to go has anyone ever told
2: young enough to be his daughter, but I'm old enough now to see, and I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm
1: coming, to got out
0: Come off the breakfast EP, Little Hag. That song, if it doesn't get you pumped up, I don't know. It, it's just so badass. Um, so we get into the story behind that, and we get into the story behind a lot of the songs off the album Leash. Now, this song is kind of its own little uh, blimp. The the album Leash has a, a whole different tonality, and you got to check it out. Little Hag, the band's amazing. Avery's awesome. Um, before we get into our conversation, if you can like, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast and all the podcasts, platforms it helps me keep talking to cool artists and sharing those insights with you so without further ado here's my conversation with Avery Mandeville um Tuesday's been like kicking my ass like I've been super wiped out on Tuesdays and like I'll get like a second wind like around now like if I start doing something but um but yeah I don't know so I was all I was like sweet I can go to bed early but um (laughs) I'm glad we could reschedule for another Tuesday yeah cool cool thanks
2: for having me
0: yeah yeah thanks for doing this the fucking the new record kicks ass
2: thank you it's really
0: really cool but before we get before i wanted to dig into that a little bit i wanted to talk about the ep yeah and like one i thought it was cool that most of the songs on it weren't on the record because a lot of times like Mm -hmm. you know spotify releases are just like song by song by song you know no one's like Mm -hmm. doing like the ep thing really it's just songs that are going right. to be on the record and they're just kind of spacing them out but uh um, right and they call it like it was like the most punk rock thing it's like piss come and you know i was like whoa yeah cool. yeah but can you dive into uh the ep <laughs> like was that its own like separate thought or were those tracks just like kind of fit together in this way
2: well i mean yeah so it, it began as it began as like most things I do as a complete joke. Where I said to Glenn Morrow from Bar None, I said, "You know, why don't we just put?" We had "Come" was a B side from um, the sessions that we were doing for the record. Where I just it, it didn't feel it didn't feel like I could fit it into the track listing of the record. It just it wasn't working for me. Um, "Blood" is an older song that has been re released now a, a couple times. Um, but we had blood and come, and I said, why don't, why don't I write a song called piss and then we'll call it breakfast. You know, it was completely like, just, I said it as a joke to Glenn. And then, um, this was in spring, this, this past spring, um, of 2021. And then he was like, all right, how's piss coming along? And I was like, <laughs> oh shit, now I got to write piss. Cause I, I, I hadn't written it at that point. Um, so I was like, all right, now Glenn, Glenn needs piss. So I got to write it. Um, and because of the backstory of, you know, what's been going on in my life, you know, is so recent and on my mind, it, it happened pretty quickly. And the unofficial fifth member of Little Hag at this point is my boyfriend, Dana. Um, and he produced piss and then, yeah, we just, we put all three together and they, they, they belong together, you know, in their energy, yeah,
0: I think. Definitely. And that, that became breakfast. <laughs>
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> was it
0: um, yeah? Piss is a <laughs> piss is an interesting song. Um, so yeah. With a uh, did Dana, he, did he produce stuff on the last record, or did he uh like? Die? Um,
2: on no, on a on the album Leash, he did the song Devil's Dishes, which is towards the end. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one that I had sitting around that wasn't going to be on the record, and then when I. When we cut come, I was like, you know, we needed we needed something else. So we I recorded that with Dana um, as well, and but yeah, we we've been dating this past year ish, a little more than that. Um, So yeah, he's done a couple things for me in that in this
0: time. Cool, it's because I I was thinking with piss it (laughs) like. It's just so funny. I was thinking it, the the production on it kinda of me kinda of made me think of Tetris a little bit. And I don't know if that was because yeah. of the like the, the synth sounds on it or if it was members behind the scene.
2: Yeah, I mean I think that's just sort of an energy that I'm I'm into, like moving moving away a little more from like the strict the strict rock four piece sound that we had been for such a long time. Um and yeah, I told Dana. I mean, it's. I feel really lucky to have him on my team and have somebody that like him that just has an ear for things that are kind of outside of my scope. But you know, I, I presented to him an acoustic song because that's how I write, and he you know took it completely above and beyond. I was like, make a nineties pop song out of this, you know that was kind of the inspiration and he was like all right you got it and then he went and he got cooking
0: so that's right yeah it's it's <laughs> it's really cool too cuz like when you can kind of like as a songwriter when you can kind of hear what you want but you don't really know how to explain it like there should be banjo and it's kind of like mm-hmm. you just know that that ghost of a sound's there and to have someone else bring it out and do it right yeah that's really really cool
2: yeah i and that's never been my my strong suit has never been um, you know anything in the studio process of like arranging and all that stuff? I I feel very out of my element doing it because I'm just more of a, a songwriter. You know I want I want to write a song and then I want it to be done and I don't <laughs> want to do the doing of it. So that's why my my band is so great because they all have crazy chops and they can you know make a make my vision happen with very little you know cues. So.
0: That's awesome. Do you like? Is that yeah. kind of how the the process recording works? Like you kind of lay down, lay down the head of it, like, uh, and then come back and see what they do, or is it?
2: Well, yeah. Well, so for the first couple years that we were a band, it was very much like I would write a song on acoustic guitar, like something pretty simple. I don't really, I don't really write anything with more than four chords. Um, And so I would write something and then bring it to band practice. And then we would just jam it out until I, you know, liked everyone's parts and everyone felt good on it. Um, But we demoed a lot of the songs on leash during COVID. So I would record an acoustic to a click with the vocals and send it to my drummer. He would add drums, send it to my bass player like that down the line until we had a whole completed song. And I think that method wound up creating more interesting choices than we would have made if we were all in the room together because, you know, he would send me the drum track and then my bass player would give me three different bass line options mm. for it, you know, yeah. or something like that. And then, so it was collaborative with, with enough distance and space that everyone got to really sit with the songs and vibe, you know, figure out what the vibe was going to be separately of each other. And, it was just very natural and and easy working that way. And I think that's going to be, you know, probably our way going forward just because it was so, um, you know, it worked so well for us.
0: That's cool. And that's and like, yeah. I don't know, sometimes like when you're uh, when you're in there, like I have. I have trouble watching people mix stuff because I'm like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. you'll watch the producer, like, turn down everything so they can bring up a tom or a snare or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, like, you start to kind of like, oh, don't do that. That doesn't sound good. You know what I mean? Like, it's mm-hmm. a little different when someone's mm-hmm. writing a part. But when you kind of step away mm-hmm. let them do their thing, you're like, oh, no, that's the coolest. Listen to the second take. Well, that's the coolest. And then it becomes like yeah, yeah, uh, picking which flavor of ice cream to put on. And you're like, oh, I want them right. all.
2: Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, and this this method works really well for us because we went into the studio with really solid demos that I had already thought about everybody's parts pretty thoroughly, um, which <laughs> formerly we would kind of get in the studio and figure it out while there, which is not the most productive method, definitely. Um, you definitely waste a lot of time, I think, doing yeah. it that way. So it was really cool to then, because now the... I knew what everything was going to be. We had more time to really hone in on tones and extra, extra fun things that weren't already on the demo, which is most of like the piano and synth stuff that is going on on Leash. Um, that was, you know, yeah. the, the more creative stuff that we that we did in studio.
0: Yeah, I felt like this this record like. Um, you have, I mean, I'm sure you've talked a lot about it, but your vocal approach, like with the, the, the synths and like the, the keys and the pads, like it it felt like the band was like more in tune with you in this way. Like there was this kind of like mm-hmm. vibrato and like the, the synth choices and like pad choices kind of like reflect mm-hmm. that, especially in like the song leash, like the guitar parts very like. Um, it's that weird y effect. I don't mm-hmm. know what that is, but that yep. like that matches. It's like it's like the band became in tune with you and followed that in a way.
2: Yeah, yeah. I forget. I forget the name of that pedal, but that was when I was playing. That's that's my. I'm playing that part, and I was like, I don't know, guys. Is this too like freaky? Like, is this too weird of a sound to be like the root of the song? Because that's throughout the whole track. That the yeah. cars there um and that was both dana and um the producer eric romero they were like nah it's cool keep it you yeah. know like lean into it and then surely when when everything got built around it it wasn't so abrasive to me you know uh but yeah it's i don't know it could be hard to like follow that that weird you want to do something weird or different but you don't want to regret it you know
0: right Right, especially when you when you're in there doing studio time, you're like, oh, I'm paying for it, and you're like, I gotta, right. I guess I gotta love it. But like, uh, right, that's like, and especially when you're hearing just by itself, you know what I mean? Like, usually mm-hmm. you don't see the the whole picture until it's done. I I don't know. At least I can't. Like, I'm not one of those people that can be like, oh yeah, like I can see five albums. You know, it's gonna be like this, and right, the narrative's right. gonna. I wish right. I was. Like, I strive to right. be that person. Um, right but uh yeah yeah so like definitely with this now did eric did he work with you on the first record
2: no we did no um the last record well we put out um in 2020 a compilation lp of some already released mostly already released material and that stuff had been done um with my old label telegraph hill records uh so, yeah, I had only wor- started working with Eric for this new record. We, but we did a lot. A couple of those songs were going back. Like I did my last name with him. That was the first song that we ever did together, and that was more of like us a, a testing the waters. Like how, you know, I didn't really I knew him as a friend, but not as a producer. And I was like, I don't know how we're gonna, you know, like let's just see see what this is gonna be like. And after doing that one song with him, we spent the whole day just doing that one. Song and mostly hanging out, and I was like, "Yeah, you're the you're the guy." Nice for me. So
0: (laughs) it's it's weird because that's like when you're when you're tracking with someone, it's like they hear every every breath you take, you know. Mm -hmm. And like, Mm -hmm. if you have someone that kind of is like, "Well, I don't know, yeah, it's fine," you know, you you don't want to work with that guy. You want to work with the person that gets into it with you.
2: Totally, and that's really one of my favorite things about Eric. I could talk about him all day, but he really knows when to hold him and when to fold him like he'll give you the space to if you're really jazzed about trying to figure out you know a cool part or you know a million harmonies or whatever like he's like all right we'll take we'll take the time you know trying to work on this thing but he he'll, he won't ever he'll he'll know when to call it and say all right we got we have other stuff to do if we got time later we can return to this but like you know and i need somebody i'm i have ADHD and I need somebody who can keep me on track while giving me room uh no, so yeah I, that was yeah, uh
0: that totally makes sense it's like a balance of the two because you want to be able to mm-hmm. try stuff you like I don't know that's the final cut you know that's the final draft and I don't know sometimes you re- right. re- get to rewrite the sentence a few times before you like send the email or whatever but like a, right it, it that so that that guy being like yeah yeah okay chase that i can hear what you're doing and being able to reel you back and like appreciate that you they're, they're you're paying them you know what i mean like mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. so that that's super dope um yeah so kind of going back to piss <laughs> uh, yeah so like like i that song like caught my ear right away when you dropped the ep but like um it's like a Going through the lyrics, it's much more like intense than I thought. First, listen. Like, I'm more (laughs) of a, you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah, yeah. I'm more of a, uh, I hear the music and then calculate lyrics later. Like, it's like the music Mm -hmm. goes past me and then that meme with all the, all the calculations comes up and like, wait, what did that mean? Uh, right. So, so yeah, like that, uh, but how do I say this? So, you could be brutal. Go ahead. Yeah. No, it's not brutal. I just like, it sounds like a brutal thing to go through. Like, Oh yeah. I don't know if you yeah. you want to elaborate on that a little bit because at first, no, I was yeah, I can. Like, I'm totally. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, so
2: I mean more recently as in the past year or so, I've been having chronic pelvic pain, um, and all kinds of undiagnosed or somewhat diagnosed, um, kinds of issues but really like I've been having these kinds of issues you know my my whole young adult life really um but yeah so in August of 2020 um I wound up getting a UTI that never never really went away for like many many months and I'm super prone to them and pretty much every woman you know has had a UTI um before but they're just super painful and horrible and I was taking tons of antibiotics, like 10 different types of, and doses of antibiotics over the course of a few months and was having no relief. And I was just in constant pain and having lots of doctor's appointments that did not meet my expectations at all, whether it was, you know, they're like, oh, your your test results are, are good. I'm like, great. That doesn't fucking help me. <laughs> um, Or, you know, going to yeah. a doctor who totally belittled me and made me feel like, like something was my fault or I'm the problem, um, in his attitude, like it could be very disheartening and demeaning to navigate through the healthcare system. Um, yeah, it's just, it, it's just been a brutal year or so in that way. And thankfully recently, you know, my, my good days definitely outweigh my bad days. I've been feeling pretty good lately, knock on wood, That's but, awesome. uh, but yeah, so like like most things, Hiss is a like cathartic sort of like, you know, this is just real life and what's happening.
0: Yeah, but like um, learning about that made that song make so much more sense to me because in the healthcare thing, mm-hmm. started like oh, I'm like, oh, I see what that meant. And like, did, right. so like, is it just good or bad days or has there been any like kind of sign of what's going on?
2: Um, I mean, I've had... Uh, The the issue, especially with uh, with what I've come to find out with gynecology, is that there's so much that is unknown or is diagnosed not via the clinical presentation, but via um, what you don't have. It's like if we can narrow it down and you don't have these 20 things, then, yeah, you probably have this other thing. But as far as like me getting a definitive diagnosis that's led to um, like relief, that has not happened yet. Um, I'm hopeful that one day it will and that it, there will be more, um, you know, more more answers that exist. But yeah. it's sort of like there's like a blanket um, treatment for pretty much any gynecological issue that you have. Um, the guy that will just say, go on birth control. That's just, like, what you're told. Um, And for many things that will not fix your problem, That I mean, birth control does not fix any medical condition. Uh, So, yeah, it's just uh, been sort of a tough, tough year. But I I like to be able to, I don't know, being able to laugh about stuff is, like, way better for me. (laughs) You know, I I like to the humor and like
0: all of this shit so was it um well i hope i really sincerely hope you find some relief soon or like the good days keep outweighing the bad because that that sounds yeah thank you Um, yeah and like it sucks that that's the that that's the way that has to go to find the funny in it and like kind of ride that to be comfortable like there's a lot of situations where humor like kind of like uh, calms everything or you know kind of distracts enough to keep uh, at least move on to the next thing and like, right so the track being called Piss <laughs> like is definitely yeah. as fuck um <laughs>
2: the then... the original concept for the song and why I had like told Glenn that I was writing it was because I was just like doubled over laughing at the fact that i was seeing this gynecologist for a while um, we had gotten to know each other. Like I was in the office at this point, you know, every week calling every couple of days. It's like, you know me, you know? Uh, and one day I left a urine sample there for them to run and tell me what kind of bacteria is in my urine or whatever. And, um, I call to get my results. Cause I was like, nobody called me. What's my results? Blah blah, blah. They're like, Oh, Yeah, we never, uh, like, we never sent the sample out because nobody, like, wrote your name on the cup, so then it never got, like, or nobody wrote down the name of the test. It was something like that. And I was just thinking about, like, my lost cup of piss that was, like, in a lab somewhere, like, and then winds up in a garbage can, I guess, like, after not serving its purpose, like, totally useless pee, and... It was just, like, so funny to me to think about, like, this is your one job is to, like, put a little test strip in my cup of pee. Like, <laughs> and I can't even just get anyone to fucking do that for me.
0: Um, that should that should yeah. have been the, the music <laughs> video. <laughs> it's just this cup of pee going on all these adventures except for where it to be. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> oh Yep, just, like, living its own life. Yeah.
0: That was a... The cherry video, <laughs> mm-hmm. that I I laughed out loud as soon as it got to the, the punchline of that video when it's yeah. the trash can.
2: I was Same. watching
0: last week. I was like, oh, I, I haven't seen the cherry video. i got to see that before we talk. And I was like yeah. in a cafe by myself, and it got to the bit. I'm, that video is so dope.
2: <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah, that was not that was not my idea, but I did love it, so that's why it wound up um, coming through. Um, the guys that I worked on the video with, we were tossing back and forth. We had like in general just locations and things in mind. Like we definitely wanted to shoot in this kind of sketchy love motel that was like in South Amboy. Um, so like we we had we knew we wanted to do something there, and it was going to kind of be like a love heartbreak thing or like getting over your ex because that's what the song is about. Um, and the question was like, what's going to be the Object of affection Like who's What's What's this all Going to be About And that was just Funny enough I think that I mean it was definitely Like stupid as hell And we were like I don't don't know If this is like Going to be If this this gag works For a whole video Like Is it funny enough To To last But then like As ideas kept coming out And then we had like The
0: car You know The the trash
2: can Driving the car It was like Absurd enough That it kept being funny
0: Um (laughs) And then, then like at the like, well, what? It's just absurd. And like, like, oh, that ex was trash. And it's just yeah, right, right. You just start thinking about all the trash relationships you have. And then at the very end, (laughs) uh, the twist at the end with the um, the I don't know what you call that smaller garbage can. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But the kind of lead to like, well, a different sexuality. Is that where that was going? Because.
2: Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I think it's just like you know, I have a type, and it's 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 garbage. Um, I I've kind of felt kind of strange about it because I wound up seeing my ex, who that song is about, a couple of days before the video came out, and he fully knows that the song is about him. And I was like, oh, like I don't want to, because he's a, a great guy, like not yeah. trash at all, really good person. And I was like, oh god, like I kind of feel guilty. Like, do I preemptively say, hey, if you see the video, like it's not like that. (laughs) (laughs) Like, do I, do I try and beat him to it? Do I just not say anything? You know, I don't think I actually said anything to him um, about it and it never came up, but um, yeah, that probably (laughs) felt weird. Probably felt weird to be on the receiving end of that song, but what are you going to (laughs) do? That's
0: definitely like, yeah, I think she's mad. (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) But yeah, it's hilarious. It's a 10 out of 10 video. Um, (laughs) uh going back to the ep um the first like the song come like Mm -hmm. it, it kind of reminded me of the conversation we had last time about like just like kind of uh the the female like going through the music scene and just like when someone's like hey do you want to jam and like like, yeah, right. uh, you know, I mean, we had we had a pretty deep conversation about that last time, and then when that song, mm-hmm. like when I listened to it, I'm like, oh fuck, this is it. This is that conversation. Yeah, yeah. And right, right. The whole thing, like the whole like first verse, it just makes you like feel uncomfortable. You're like, oh, it's so fucked up. But then when you get yeah. to the, the chorus, like that's like a, that's like a like a ten out of ten of songwriting because I'm like, yeah, it just that's like the <laughs> the, the 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 like. The build up to the thing and then like punched in the face like, like i've been so yeah. stoked showing that the people and watching them get uncomfortable listening, oh. listening to it and then <laughs> hearing the payoff which is the chorus the chorus yeah i, I said it like that the chorus um yeah it's so it's so <laughs> epic and it's like, yeah punch him! you feel like you punch him in the face but um
1: thank you that yeah one, i
0: mean i'm sorry yeah. that happened that sounds fucking horrible no, right. but the <laughs> that song is so kick-ass
2: Thank you. Yeah, I mean, uh, that was just like most—most most every song that I write is just like a real thing that happened that I then write a song so I don't feel bad or whatever. Um, but yeah, this is what had happened: was a, a guy, um, older dude who everyone knows in town, and he's a photographer, and everyone knows him and loves him, whatever. Came up to me at a show, and I—I wasn't—I was just at a show. I wasn't playing. And he came up to me and he said, "Hey, uh, what's going on?" Ba, ba, ba. We're talking, and he's like, "You know that when you are singing and when you're on stage, you look like you're having an orgasm. Do you know that?" Yeah. Ugh. And I was like, "There's well, there was just so many levels to that." I was like, "He's asking me if I know, like, and I do know, and yes, I do know. I've been, I've heard it before, um, and I was just like." yeah i know (laughs) like i don't know what i'm supposed to say about this um but like the level of presumptuousness and i do think he's an all right guy like i i'm not you know i don't i don't hate the guy or anything uh it was just like the level of unaware that like a middle-aged white man can be Right, it knows no
0: bounds you know just discomfort in that conversation (laughs) like right yeah like just that first verse chorus is such a payoff. You're like, yeah, cool. So uh, Yeah,
2: the first time I played it, I was um, playing at my friend's house. Um, my buddy Mateo, he, he's in the band Still Hungry. Um are okay. Asbury. Asbury Band's Still Hungry, and he used to be in the band Toy Cars. But I was playing a show at his house, and it was my first show after taking a little bit of a hiatus in 2019? must have been 2019. Yeah, I took like a few months off because I was just... Or no, maybe it was 2018. I took like six months of not playing shows because I was just like kind of in a rut and wanted to do a little more writing and not like, I don't know, was feeling a little down at the time. So this was my first show back and I had just written that song and played it to a room full of people who had obviously never heard it. Um, And their reaction to... I'm coming to knock out all your teeth was so it was like (laughs) everyone freaked out which is so cool like for me to feel and it was like a very warm and comforting experience to be in a room full of friends who were like literally cheering me on for my story uh that's
0: badass yeah that's what that's what that when you listen to the recording that's what you want to do so they get that reaction live like that's dope
2: yeah yeah
0: (laughs) and I find it interesting that you said it didn't fit the rest of the record because it I, it also's got that like kind of like oom pa pa oom that three four feel yeah and yeah like, almost like a it is like a whole different rhythm than everything um,
2: yeah I don't know I feel I, the reason why I didn't want it on the record was it just felt like more of a joke I mean and it's sincere in its own way yeah. but I think like it felt a little bit like hokey poke pokey poka e <laughs> like kind of like you know la-di-da shit yeah, yeah, so i was yeah. like i don't know if this is like a representative of the rest of the batch um but I'm, I'm glad i'm glad it worked out the way it worked out because i cut it from the record before um the idea to do an ep of blood and cum and piss came about <laughs> um so it just it just worked out but
0: now with uh with blood was that a re-recording or was that the same because that that song's been floating around
2: yeah, it's been that song's been out, been released a couple different times. Um, I wrote it in 2017, and it came out um, on an album when I was still just Avery Mandeville yeah. um, in 2018, and then it was on the EP, and it's on this new one. I'm kind of over it to be honest with you, <laughs> um, but <laughs> but it is like I don't know. It's I feel like our most well-known and loved song that like people remember, so. We'll, we'll, we'll keep playing it for the time being, but uh, yeah, blood I wrote in 2017 after um, a pregnancy scare, Yeah. where my period was 10 days late and I was losing my fucking mind um,
0: and freaking out. So, yeah. Was it like so? But for the for this, was it was it the same recording? Or was oh it, yeah, I'm sorry I okay. forgot your
2: question. Yeah, it was oh, the no, same same recording. Same okay. recording. I kind of. We considered going back and redoing it, but I was like the, the original recording was still like it still resonated yeah. with me and was you know I liked it enough that I was like I'd rather not waste time re-recording something that I like and,
0: it and was, just it's it fits the like the, the same like uh, um production as the rest of them, like it doesn't feel out of place.
2: Oh, good. Well, I'm glad to hear that. So it,
0: it doesn't seem like a, either one that was a super like whoever you worked with there did like a super amazing job to match who you're doing now, mm-hmm. or like a, right. who uh, um working with Eric just like kind of like was able to kind of capture capture where it was all at. Because oh, with Get Real, that was re-recorded, yeah.
2: Um, that was re a, a totally new mix, and I okay. think the mix brought out a lot of things that um in the original release kind of weren't there i mean there was just some small note things that i had had where i was like i can hear a couple breaths here and there that i want out and stuff like that um but my my buddy josh perna who he's in the band saint slumber um there at in north jersey but he i, I wrote and rec- recorded the song with him one night in probably 2017 i think um we had, we had been working on another song that night, and we've just been friends for many years. And then he got this riff idea. And I was like, I don't want to work on that song. I want to work on the other one. And he was like, shut up for five fucking seconds. Let me do this. Um, and then, like, I was drinking. It was late night, and we, the, you yeah. know, the melody and the lyrics of that one just very naturally came out of me. But, um, yeah, so that was just a remix from that. Okay. That original session.
0: That did bring, like, at the very end of the... There's the the kind of call and response line at the end, the last chorus, and like that. Mm-hmm. I think that really came out in this one because, like, I remember mm-hmm. uh, prep, uh, preparing for our first conversation, listening to um. I think I watched. I was showing people the video because you had the mm-hmm. video for that one, and like, yep. That's why I thought it was re-recorded. I was like, "There's different things brought out, but uh, that remix yeah really works. yeah,
1: mm-hmm." Um,
0: so so like. Transitioning into into the album, one thing I found uh, I thought was really cool was a uh, brass knuckles. There's like that uh mm-hmm. that uh that phone that phone tag like a or like a like yeah. a voice memo. So is that yep. kind of the writing process? Is like tracking like just bits when you get it, like little song seeds, or do you like sit down? Yeah, and like write?
2: yeah. Well, most, most songs I would say kind of happen like that. And that is just, uh, that was actually just the voice memo that I, I sang it into That's my dope. phone yeah. when, I was, when I was walking to my car in Asbury Park, beautiful Asbury Park, New Jersey. New Jersey I was singing into my phone that. Um, and then I forgot about it. And then I was looking through my voice memos and I found that. And I was sitting with my best friend and keyboard player, Noah. And he was like, oh, you've got to write a song around that. Just write that song. And it wound up being that what I sang is my phone and the key that the song is in is the same. Like, it just, <laughs> I, I sang something totally fucking random and it just wound up matching um, what I wrote. Yeah. So, yeah. So I was like, I just want that in the beginning as like a little, I don't know, as a little intro tidbit because when else are you going to have that? Right. Like, I don't, I don't have something ready to use for in that way. Um,
0: for any other song so yeah um do you like do you have a key do you feel like like does your voice have a key do you find like a even like when you talk because i I was thinking about this this morning (laughs) i was trying to tune my guitar and it was like i was talking at the same time or something i'm like i i I found my key is kind of like in g and normally when i transpose stuff if i'm trying to figure out a cover or whatever i'll put it in g and like i'm
2: yeah well i was uh I haven't have taken uh, any voice lessons in quite a long time, which is probably evident by anyone who's ever listened to me because I definitely don't fucking sing the right way at all. But um, I've taken lessons before I went on a tour a couple of years ago because I was like, oh, shit, I'm going to be singing. I was doing a solo tour and singing in my friend's band that I was on the road with, so I was doing two sets every night. I was Damn. like, I'm going to be fucked if I don't like learn how to sing learn at least a little <laughs> bit of, like, how I should warm up. Yeah. And uh, my my friend who was giving me the, the lesson was like, you know your key is A, right? Huh. And I was like, she said it so matter-of-factly and definitively. She, when we were, you know, she was warming me up. She's like, oh, you know your key is A, right? A. That's it for you. And I was like, okay. So now I know that my key is A. But um, And I guess I do tend to write maybe an A. Come is an A. Tetris is an A. Uh... What else? Also, when I say a song is in A, I just mean the first chord is A. I yeah. don't know if that's right. I don't know fucking anything about music theory. That's why I have nerds in my band who know stuff because I don't fucking nerds. know. Um, my my very talented guitar player Matt Fornicola, who went to Berkeley for music theory, and when he gets going about some nerdy music shit, I tune the I tune entirely out. I'm like, dude, I have no idea what that means. Nobody knows what that means. He's like, oh yeah, it's the lydian uh it's i can't d- even fake i can't even fake it you know, because like, i don't even
0: know tritone substitution you know You're just like yeah right ah.
2: <laughs> that's so well, he so he knows more about the songs than i do but
0: well you know i think i think as like a as a songwriter in a way like that's kind of good because like your, your your main goal is to kind of convey and like mm-hmm. i think that there's key factors and i guess pun intended with knowing your key um, there's key factors that help you do that, like knowing your key and knowing where you can put your kind of emotional peaks and valleys just by, like, the limitations of your voice, you know, like, mm-hmm. that's a, that's kind of a big deal. Because as a music teacher, that's the one thing, like, you can get so caught up in the weeds and just how you said tune out, which is the opposite, you know, you want to tune in, but, like, right. you can get so hyper-focused on, like, Things like that that don't, don't really help you convey yourself but rather kind of make you get stuck on, like, a progression or a movement, a blink, like, a, like a, a few seconds of a song. But having okay. someone like that in your team, you know, or uh, the help once the whole thing's put in action to, like, kind of accentuate and, like, bring out things, like, it, that that's a different thing. That really helps because then they can hyper-focus on everything that's already there. Does that make sense right. like Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. But uh okay, so A's A's the key like it's like Yeah. <laughs> that makes it so easy though, at least knowing like we're cuz we all have like our weird cadences and voices like when we talk, you know, like people recognize mm-hmm. your voice on the phone or whatever. And like right. uh, Musically it's like I, I don't know. I feel like when you first start playing out, you're like trying so hard to kind of like match what you hear on the record. You know what I mean? It's the beginning of that process of learning who you are and what you are, but knowing that right. that little bit makes it so much easier. What was the What was the band you were you were singing with while you were doing your solar uh, solo? I'm losing my word tonight. Solo act.
2: Yeah, um, <laughs> it's always been the same. So Little Hag is the same lineup as um, as it was when it was. So I guess I, I I've been playing solo since I was a teenager. So as a 15 or yeah. 16 maybe um and then we started playing together as a band when i was like 21 So that was like 2017 ish no that can't be right i don't <laughs> know the math so yeah 22 something like that um but ever since those those early band shows when i started you know i stopped playing solo and started playing with the guys it's been yeah. the same same dudes what? um
0: you said you're singing two sets like you were doing one with the band like were you singing with another band oh
2: oh oh, yeah Yeah. um that was i was on um i was on the road with my buddy mikey frazier um he's based out of virginia and um yeah we've we've had just been friends for, for many years and i was doing um a tour with him where i was opening for him solo and then playing acoustic and doing harmonies in his band um which was super fun because that's the only experience i've ever had being in somebody else's band and playing somebody else's music that wasn't mine which was super cool for me because i had i kind of get at a certain point i'm like sick of myself and i'm like all right this is like <laughs> i'm over i'm over me i'm over being me for now so being able to be creative with somebody else's stuff um
0: was super cool
2: for me. But yeah, that was that was the tour that I was um talking about.
0: Okay, okay. That's um was it just was it just by his first name or did the band have a name or
2: Yeah, um it was just the Mike Fraser okay. band. Um, um I call him Mikey, but I think all of his music online is is Mike, Mike Fraser. Okay.
0: Yeah. yeah it's it's interesting like a it's interesting kind of being in that like almost like in the in the theoretical spot like when you're just kind of supporting. I was talking with a, a group um, called the Chewy Center out of Cleveland, and we were talking about um, how, like, uh, someone who does, like, theater and sings, like, for, like, theater and opera and kind of classically trained, how they kind mm-hmm. of, like, interpret. Most of what they do is in interpreting other works out of themselves, which is a whole nother like, skill set and frame of mind as opposed to, mm-hmm. like, writing your own things and how you said kind of being you Like Mm -hmm. at least you know when you're when you're doing someone else's stuff, you can kind of step away and be like, "Ah, I'm sick of whatever Mikey stuff." You know what I mean? Like because it gets gets to be a way more weird mental game when you're like, "I'm sick of myself," because then you're like, "I gotta write more." Yeah,
2: yeah. That's all. The only reason I ever write music, honestly, is because I have a show to play, and I'm sick of all the shit that I have been playing up until then. I, I wrote Tetris the day that I was playing um, a drive in show. It was like a, um, in a parking lot in Toms River, New Jersey, where um, everyone pulled up and, you know, like, like yeah. as in you're watching a drive in movie and you listen through the radio. Um, so everyone was just sitting in their cars and I was on a stage and people were honking as applause and it was like the weirdest and, but a most amazing thing. And, I wrote Tetris that day because I was just like, I need to play something different tonight. Like, I can't get up there and do my usual shit. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess that's also kind of how I approach life in general—is with the procrastinators' attitude because <laughs> uh, I need to like be kicked into doing stuff. Um, that's it, yeah.
0: <laughs> I like I always... when I when I, when I when I'll write something like that's on. The, to the first gig, I'm like, I'm never ready right after writing it. Like, I, I don't mm-hmm. know, it doesn't roll out that easy. But that, that first time you play it, there's like that new nervous energy, like, okay, cool, I'm alive again, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, totally. It, is that it? Is that like, the, the, like, once stuff gets too dull, it's got to get that, like, oh, shit, this can go bad.
2: Yeah, yeah, I guess maybe I do need a little bit of nerves. I mean, when I... When I sing, when I'm nervous, it's such a different, it's so obvious, I, I feel, because I don't really have great control of my vibrato on a good day, but if I'm singing and I'm nervous, I'm, like, full goat mode, like, <laughs> totally, totally leaning into that, because I'm just, like, I don't know, that's where my, like, that's where my tension lives, yeah. is is in there. Um, yeah, I don't know, I feel like I don't really get nervous anymore, like, for actually playing like being on stage doesn't make me nervous, but like getting to the show, having to fucking talk to people, yeah. having to talk to people after like, that's what makes me nervous.
0: Was it a, yeah, that kind of, I don't know. Is it, is it just because there's a bunch of new people or is it? Cause I always like with that in, in my head, I'll be like, if I, if I talk to people right now, there's the loud music, I'm going to lose my voice. I'm going to fuck up the thing later. You know what I mean? Like, that, yeah or or tomorrow I'm gonna like I have to talk like this like what up kids this is what we're learning you know yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like I'm gonna get too excited and and be like oh it's so great to talk to you and be like later right um
2: yeah I th- think it's more just like social anxiety of oh, okay. like the you know the like social dance that you have to do with playing shows where like you know I'm legally required to like entertain all of the random people that are coming up to me and telling me that they think I'm cool but I don't know which ones of I don't know which old white man matters and which one doesn't and I mean most of them fucking don't but like I can't just like piss off the wrong dude who like came here to see me and he's from such and such agency you know what I mean it's so, like I have to be nice to everybody and I <laughs> I'm, I'm painting myself in a really harsh light but like <laughs> It just gets hard to, like...
0: No, it's um, real, you know? I mean, keep, it gets hard to keep up, I right. think. And, I mean, I you know, ideally, the, the show goes good and everything's fine. You're not worried about getting paid and you're not worried about making it home and, you you know, mm-hmm. all the, the things that may make that a stressful event aren't there. And you can be like, hey, what's up? Cool. But, like, even just saying that, people, like, people interpret their own things so much. You know, even if you're mm-hmm. 100% cool, they can be like, Dude, what? She was so lame. You know what I mean? Like, like what? Right. What did I? Like, what did I not do? Like, I don't know. Right. So I, I can, I can, I can hear that. Um, that's pretty cool that you're getting agencies coming out and stuff, though. Like that. Yeah, I mean, he, here, and here and there, here
2: and there, just here and there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like, guess you, you never know who. I, uh, I kind of, I think like you, I, I have to play with that mindset, otherwise. I don't know. If <laughs> yeah. I'm like, all right, it's just a crowd of like the 10 drunk people that always come to this venue, like, then I'm probably not giving it my all. Yeah. Maybe I like need a little bit of fire under my ass to like stay.
0: I don't know. No, I totally get stay that. Stay working hard. Yeah, because yeah, like if if someone who knows you knows your stuff and already kind of you've already kind of like won their appreciation and like vice versa, you know, it's sometimes hard to be like, I don't know, there's so many, like, those docs where, like, uh, Tom Morello played his hardest every night, even if there was only one person in the bar, he was like, let's yeah. rock, <laughs> you know? I'm like, I won't. It's like, I,
2: Tom Morello, you didn't have to do that. Right,
0: right, right. You did that for, like, seven <laughs> shows. You know? Yeah. Like, there's no way, like, those bands that kind of say they gave it their all every night did. That's impossible. Yeah. At least I want to believe. Yeah, it's or
2: or you guys are yeah you guys are on something that I would like to partake in. True. Um, <laughs> or you just have some kind of emotional capacity that I am lacking. I don't know. <laughs>
0: or would also like could to partake. be could be
2: nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I would like to partake in some of your serotonin, your natural serotonin. Please, <laughs> would love it. Just want to be um, that
0: confident for ten people. Like yeah,
2: yeah. I think maybe I I stopped drinking. Um, over the summer, yeah. Um, kind of related to my health issue stuff, kind of not. I was just like, I think taking so many doses of antibiotics, like I was doing for such yeah. a long time, just wore out my stomach and shit. My stomach, like, no longer can tolerate alcohol, um, without me feeling like shit. So, and I, I had been leaning on it in a social way yeah. for. A long time for maybe more than I had admitted to myself, because everyone we play we all play bars, everyone's always fucking drinking
0: right so and you worked right rem- you bar back or bartend yeah or i was did? I was bartending for
2: yeah for yeah. for a little bit there i mean i've I've waitressed forever, which is more my more my speed um but yeah, so and right and bartending too, the culture is like you know, we're all drinking until we right. close and then we're going to other bars that haven't closed yet and we're drinking there and um sort of a toxic mindset, but really it was like my physical issue that I was like, let me just not because I don't need this and it was a beautiful thing to like understand that I never needed it and when I would drink before or after shows, it was because I was nervous or feeling anxious and that is not It it was never a necessary part of the whole thing. And, like, playing the past few shows that we've played since the summer, um, or a lot of shows, playing them Stone Cold Sober has been definitely, like, a little strange um, to, like, be so fully there. Um, But really rewarding, like, and cool. It's cool to know, like... If I mess up, it's because I suck. It's not because I, you know, <laughs> drank three white claws like an idiot, you know?
0: No, but. I totally, totally relate to that. Like, I, I've i been in a weird situation because I've, drinking's just never kind of been my thing. Like, I've been, mm-hmm. like, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not like straight edge where I like think it's bad. Like, but I've just never, I've never, I just don't drink. I don't do any drugs. I'm just like, I, to most people, not fun. Um, but, like, and part of it, part of it's, and I've been thinking about it a lot, and, like, because a lot of people ask me, like, why, why, would you have a problem with it? And I'm, like, no, I don't have a problem with it. And, you, you know what I mean? It's just, like, I've always kind of wanted to own, and this is why I've come, I don't know if you can hear the crazy zoomy cat having in the background. Um,
1: no, I can't. <laughs> okay,
0: he's zooming like crazy. Um Part of it's always, and I, after thinking it, thinking about it for a long time, I wanted to own that. Like, I wanted to own when I fucked mm-hmm. up, like, and I, any, like, cool, like, bits I've came up with or, like, would play or whatever. I wanted to, like, at a show, if it went well, I wanted to be the reason it went well. I didn't want to, like, be like, oh, right. it was because of, you know, had enough to drink that night and, like, or whatever, fill in the blank. I, and I, this is, like, from years of trying to figure it out. And I think that's what it, it's weird, like, workaholic, uh, uh, um, I that's because I, I did that. That was me. I am cool with it. Right. <laughs> and, like, right. It, it is rewarding, you know, even, like, when you, like, failure or messing up is such a weird, sticky thing that so many people are so uncomfortable doing. And I don't know if it's because of the internet and, like, when you do it, someone can, like, relive your fuck up, like, a million times mm-hmm. or something. But there's, the, like, and I noticed this, like, with working with kids, like, like everyone's terrified of making mistakes and that's the only way you learn how to do things. And like, I, I don't know, there's something to being able to own your mistakes and kind of grow from it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I was just watching um, an interview with a bunch of um, actors and um, writers and, and Bill Burnham was talking about like the, the process of writing the movie Eighth Grade and like what he was inspired by for for that movie, which I don't know if you saw it, but it was phenomenal. Um, and he was talking about how like kids today are growing up on the internet, obviously, yeah. and um, living um living their mistakes very publicly and attempting to create like a facade of who they think they're supposed to be because of what media is representing them as or what they what they aspire to be and it's very like fake and people are trying to it's like specifically younger people like their their struggle to be their true self when they don't know what that is yet Um, that's kind of going off topic but it was just it it reminded me of like the the baggage that we carry into adulthood of wondering if we're enough or we ever will
0: be enough or yeah yeah no i totally i, I totally agree uh, i haven't seen that film but uh i'm a fan of both oh it's great um, yeah I, mm-hmm. I, I remember the preview for it and i remember like i, I can't remember if it was like a I, I don't know if it was a hulu thing i I, I remember coming across it because like i'd I really dug his a uh, his a uh, specially put out um but mm-hmm. uh <laughs> um but yeah no that's like um it's weird because it's right there and it's really hard to escape and we're so afraid to do it and like there's like this like almost zen like um beauty of just owning when you fuck up because you can move from it and learn from it and like it, right. we look at so many like uh like and, and there's the kind of the painting that perfect picture where no one really is you know what i mean like right we're, we're we y'all mess up and like i mean it's it shouldn't be to the degree of degrading other people or whatever. Like it should only be like the I think the acceptable amount is like the, the you learning what you did wrong. You know, not putting anyone else mm-hmm. down because I don't want that to right. be like an excuse for someone to be like, "Well, oh, I just learned how to not make fun of you." <laughs> like, yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> but um, I, I don't know. It's it's a it's it's a weird, definitely a weird time for that. And like doing something like music is like, yeah, I th- I think it's one really amazing what we can do now and i don't think i would want to try to learn how to do music or learn music in any other any other era because there's so much like at your in your in your phone like how do you do that like even like how does that accordion lick go there's probably someone showing you how to play the doors on the on the accordion or whatever right may have looked that up um (laughs) but um yeah in, in, as supposed to trying to figure it out with a record for hours and hours and hours, like we can speed up that yeah. process, and that's why like so many kids are like shredding but it, right it, it, like so there's so many... right it's
2: a blessing and the curse of having yeah. it, having access to the internet because <coughs> um thank you <laughs> because <laughs> you can technically know anything and what you were just saying just reminded me of Dana so much because he is the epitome of like. I mean not this is definitely not his motto or anything he's I, he's never said this but to me his like work ethic is like there is nothing that you can't know or do like everything can be learned and that's why he's a self-taught producer and writer and multi-instrumentalist and um you know filmmaker and video editor and graphic designer like he does all this shit because he, if he doesn't know how to do something, he'll fucking watch YouTube videos until he knows how to do it, you know?
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: And it's just very, it's just very inspiring to me because I'm not really that way. I'm like, all right, if I don't know it, I don't know it. And I guess I'm never going to know it (laughs) (laughs) rather than, (laughs) rather than putting in the work. But yeah.
0: But it's important to have homies like that in your life. You know what I mean? And like, yeah, yeah, because to have the guy that figures it out or the girl that figures it out and just like inspires you to be like, yeah, I can try to do that. You know what I mean? Like yeah, we need the yeah. go getters in our life to make us want to do that. Cause I think everyone's kind of totally, like totally. coasting in that. It takes like a real, real like sharp poke to make someone want to figure that out. And like, right. that's a 10 out of 10 philosophy. Cause we can, we can totally figure it with uh, YouTube. It's countless. You can learn how to run a Christmas tree business May have, or right. may have not looked that up um, which is a weird <laughs> business i don't get it but um but there's so like there is a way and like i don't know like but there's also on the opposite end of that kind of like where you're at like um maybe i can't do that but also i know someone who can like it's mm-hmm. a, like also the internet and maybe this is just personally where i'm falling like gives you every opportunity to become something or learn something. Like, you can be the guitar guy and the and the video editor and all this, but it takes a lot of time and mental space where, like, I could be focusing on writing songs or I could, like, you know, edit this video. But I also got someone who's really good at editing videos. So it's, like, a weird time yeah. where, like, you can be the renaissance, like, um, Ian Mackay, like, do-it-yourself, like, a power engine, but you can also, f- like, have work with the people you have to help you with that and i personally find that balance really hard like i'm always like i'll try to figure it out i'll try to figure it out but like uh i have a friend who's been doing that their whole life you know i don't know Mm -hmm. so i think like between your two philosophies there's like a there's like a through line of both the yin and yang of it do you find that yeah definitely i mean (laughs) (laughs) i'm just like
2: no i'm yeah i'm just thinking about like how <laughs> How much I am the one the other end of that spectrum where I'm like somebody else can fucking do it. Um <laughs> and very lucky to have an amazing boyfriend who will do the things that I need, as well as like the rest of my band are just very like willing to. I mean, a lot of the work that I put in is not like cool. It's just like, you know, the industry shit where I have to like email a bunch of motherfuckers and like try and book stuff and
0: do you do, do all the you know, show keeping up with
2: social media and all that yeah i mean i I do the show booking which is why we don't really do many cool shows because <laughs> it's, so <fucking> hard. <laughs> I'm... it's so hard yeah it's hard it's hard yeah oh, um that, and feel... it's also i'm not i'm not at all fucking interested i mean i don't <laughs> think any artist and no artist is like my favorite thing about music is booking <laughs> no one's ever fucking said that but uh i think some people maybe have more of a knack for it um until i can hire somebody to do that for me it's it's on my plate i guess as well as like the other shit that i don't want to do but uh you know
0: how it goes yeah yeah that's but there's the balance of it and like that's so hard because like one i'm a very inspired knowing that someone who signed and is talented as you and your band is that you still have to do your own booking. Cause I don't feel as bad about doing my own booking. And <laughs> I, like, I was like, yes, it's a thing. It doesn't just pan out. Um, you have to work at it, <laughs> which I don't know yeah. why I'm excited about that. Cause it still sounds like it'll be forever challenging. Um, yeah. The, the, no, that, um, cause it sucks. It's a whole total different mindset and it's a total different lingo. And like, I mean, maybe it's easier being kind of like the, the figurehead of the group, you know, like people respond to you more, Mm -hmm. but also being that it's also hard to be like, yeah, we need this and we need this night or we can't do, you know what I mean? Like I find it hard to list the hands. I'm just not good at it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely like, um, yeah, can we just, um, can we get paid a little bit? Thanks. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I mean, I, I think I'm, I'm at my ballsiest definitely um on stage and in music because I'm not ballsy in life really <laughs> at all. Like I like talk a big fucking game and like get real and stuff and then when it comes down to it I'm like, oh this is like less than you said that you were gonna pay us. Cool, cool. Yeah no it's <laughs> fine.
0: Bye. <laughs> um, Did you like it? Okay, we'll come back.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, um there's a certain hype behind it. You know what I mean? There's a hype behind the music yeah. and, and on stage. Yeah,
2: I mean it's like Right. It's like, this is the place where I get to be the person that I wish that I was, I guess, <laughs> all the time, you know.
0: Um, but it's the a... other
2: night we played, um, sorry, I cut you off. Oh, no, uh, the other you're... night we played a show where I, impromptu, did, definitely did not plan it, but it just felt right. I was fucking sweating my ass off and I just took my pants off and... I was like this feels good. But like name another name another scenario in which that's acceptable.
0: Yeah, no there's there's only none. It's only there. <laughs> right. Yeah, and everyone probably cheered you on the whole time like
2: Yeah, it rocked. It was great. I mean, no one's ever going to say no. If I was a dude, it would probably be like, "Okay, never mind. Put him on. Put him back on." But um
0: yeah, I don't know. If, if you're a dude, they'd be take off your shirt. You're like, why? Why do you yeah. why do you want this? Yeah. You don't want this. It's just Yeah. You're trying to feel less awkward and shout something that's not Freebird. <laughs> like
2: Yeah. Oh my God. Dude, I was at a fucking show. Um, my favorite band, I guarantee that we talked about this last time because it's the only my only personality trait is the fact that I love Spoon. But I saw Spoon a couple a couple months ago now. That's and sick. the dude standing in front of there was a dude standing in front of me shouting free bird like the whole set oh, at the you... spoon show i was like get the fuck out of here like spoon fans don't behave this way i don't know what your fucking problem is but this is embarrassing shouting free bird like at anybody even 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 if you're at your local dive bar and there's somebody some random dude in the corner playing guitar you don't yell Freebird at him so why are you yelling Freebird at this
0: band like yeah. at this at this theater that we're at. at I don't the, know. Like and they're not they're, they, they, they do they sound like they're gonna do Freebird? They're just stop their right, whole thing. Right. We're gonna dedicate this next twenty minute set to fulfilling that one guy's goofy request. <laughs> right.
2: I mean obviously it's just like
0: I do Freebird
2: the, has become like the punchline. I think you said it. It was bit it's like this like filler yeah. word. Or when i don't have anything else to say i'm i'm socially i'm socially allowed to say freebird whenever as loud as i want whenever i want it's one of the words i'm allowed to say like but it's, it's meaningless right it's so fucking
0: meaningless one in apathy. i doubt they heard you if they did like good on them <laughs> like right i guess I'm... i've never really thought about the politics of freebird well but let, let's get into there's it there's a lot air. there's ad- there yeah. a lot going on <laughs> one it's, it takes off a lot of air time it's like a 10 minute song and like if you think about all the other songs like if, like if we're a radio station and we decide to play Freebird, mm-hmm. that's like four other songs and right and it it doesn't it doesn't really progress much progress much you know you really mm-hmm. got one dynamic which is it builds up really quick and then stops and like right, s- I mean,
2: and it's not even
0: people who are requesting, if we could even call it requesting people
2: who are shouting about it aren't fan or they're not necessarily fans of the song, right you really? know, I don't think it has anything to do with that. It's just like, I don't know when do, where did this start? we gotta look at okay. I'll look into it that, be, it's, <laughs> I need that history, but.
0: That would be a good that for our, we'll do a follow up with the next album and see who figures yeah, okay. figures this out. Yeah. Because like <laughs> one if you're at another band's concert shouting Freebird, you're clearly not a fan of the band that's playing because you're right, requesting right. another song. And two. Yeah. The expect- you know
2: what? I'm going to actually I I have some buddies of mine. They have a podcast called Turn It Down. Yeah. Um <laughs> about and and every episode is a deep dive into a bad song you know, or like a song that shouldn't have gotten as popular as it did or something like different kind of cultural phenomena type, type of songs. Yeah. They recently did uh, the Crazy Frog
1: song. <laughs> okay.
2: Um, and really, I mean, there's a really fascinating history behind it that I would have never, absolutely never known. But anyway, I'm going to stick them on on the Freebird uh, deep dive the because f- I would like to know. Yeah, that would be the I would like to know
0: more. more. Yeah, me too. Let's 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 both be guests on their podcast. Yeah, all right. We'll be discussion. guests on it. We'll be let's guests d- on it.
2: <laughs> yeah, right, no, it they're down. I'm sure they'll be in.
0: You heard it here. Some random yeah. dude from Cleveland, and Avery yeah, from the York. Let's them. make this happen. That yeah. be that would be a blast. <laughs> I'd be so into that. Um, yeah, all right. <laughs> but um, what was it like seeing? Was that your first time seeing Spoon?
2: Oh no, I've seen, I've seen them a million times. Oh, uh, no. Yeah, I've seen them a whole bunch. This is definitely the first time since COVID, obviously. Um that's like my only real goal as a musician is to open for Spoon. It doesn't even have to be a tour, just a one-off thing would be enough. Like if I could just open for Spoon, then I will finally quit.
0: <laughs> I'm done. I've been I've
2: been looking I've been looking for my out for a really long time. So I just need to fulfill this one this one goal and then I'm out of everybody's fucking hair and you don't have to hear about all my weird shit. You could just live your nice life and you don't have to fucking think about this. Yeah.
0: We can all retire. We can all go home.
2: <laughs> I'm sorry. I feel like every time we have a conversation, I wind up off the rails, but no, it's just cause like this work. is what this whole thing's
0: about Yeah. like, yeah, <laughs> the reason I started doing this is to share the persona of who I'm talking with. And like, Right. This is it. Like, but, yeah. uh, you know, is it, do you really, does it really, do you really feel like if you opened for a spoon, you would retire? Would you, would that actually, is it a bit? Or would you actually be able to, like, not, maybe not retire, but step back? You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Well, um, I, this is no, this is no secret to anybody who knows me, but um, I find, being in the music industry in in any capacity um really exhausting and disheartening and um i'm pretty fucking jaded at this point like um because it's it's unfair and it's useless but i definitely compare myself to people who are just in a different place in their career or life or people that i don't really even know that well yeah um who have better connections than I have or have more money than I have or have, you know, whatever, whatever the fuck. And um, that's why I think I joke so much about quitting because like, yeah, I do feel like continuing to have a quote unquote music career um, is not sustainable at all for like any of the people that i are you know are in my immediate circle that are doing it, like mm. you know we're all just struggling mm. uh and at a certain point, it's like this sunk cost fallacy thing where I'm like, but i put in I've already put in fucking how many years now have I been playing ten eleven years, you know, so I can't just stop now, like I gotta keep fucking going, I've already done x y z thing, and I'm doing so much better than I thought I ever would have, so I have to keep going, but it's like. You know, at, at at some point, unless I start actually making money, I can't just like keep doing this. Right,
1: right. So,
2: so short answer is I'm not actually gonna quit if we get to open for Spoon because if we get to open for Spoon, <laughs> then I might be making money. Um, but I don't know. You know, there's there's also something tempting about it as well.
0: Right. No, that that totally makes sense. Like, uh, it, it's in it's like. One, like, I think, like, it's one of those things where you, you can't really see see through the, 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 the forest or whatever that, you know, the analogy when you focus kind of on the tree and you don't really see the forest. It's kind of like right. when you're in the weeds of it and you're hustling all the time. It just seems endless. Because as soon as, right. like, the, so much, you put so much work into one record, and especially now with streaming, after you, after you dish it out, it's kind of like, cool, start over you know what i mean and like mm-hmm, it's right. it, it makes it feel like it's disposable in a way but it's not you know what i mean these these are like right. artifacts of of your life and artifacts of your emotion and like emotional conveyance and what you want to share and moments with your group and like you know what i mean it, they're po- prominent powerful things in your life and to think that like okay well that's next track ah, i didn't really like that one you know what i mean like the thing that it's kind of disposable in a way is very disheartening and, like, with the right. turnover of, like, digital media, you're like, fuck, this really is endless. But, like, it, like, with, I feel like with your music, like, and with, like, any other, like, great artists, it's kind of like, it just takes a while for everyone else to catch up. Like, when you think about hmm. the Velvet Underground, like, no one was, like, digging them while they're doing it. It was post when they were doing it, you know? Which sucks. Right, right. It shouldn't. You know it shouldn't be, or even like the Ramones. Like I think they're the only ones that kind of like, not only ones, but you know, I mean, they're one of the bands that like just never stopped and always did their thing, and then their past caught up while mm-hmm. they're still doing their thing. You know, but like it's, mm-hmm. like, I, I've like, cause I I've been from our last conversation, I've been showing like I, I've been really getting into your shit. Like I'm <laughs> I'm super excited Great. we got to catch up, but I've been like, oh, you gotta check out Little Hag. And, like, everyone I've shown it to, like, oh, I like how she sings. Wait, did she say, punch him in the, oh, this is cool. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's one of those things, like, no matter, financially, all, like, the measurements of, like, success when you see, like, other artists doing, like, don't pay off until, like, way fucking later. And, like, even, like, the Stooges, like, Iggy Pop and the Stooges, like, the Stooges music's fucking dope, but, like during their existence they never got to like really see any of that you know and it sucks that it's disheartening disheartening to know that it's that way because that's the tale you know
2: yeah yeah it's and i mean the the industry i think is so saturated now because everyone has the capacity to release anybody could could do it technically um and it also, like, I think, inflates your, your, our perceptions of what is going on aren't necessarily reality, you know. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. It's just I don't know. Strange yeah. times. Strange it strange. is strange times. It's weird, and like, especially with the media aspect of it, like, you can be killing it digitally, and then ten, 10 homies show up to your show, and you're like, am I? Am I doing anything? You know what I mean. You have like a existential right. crisis. You're like, "Well, wow, did the track got so much attention digitally?" And like, or or like vice versa. You're like, "Oh, this is gonna be an amazing show. Look at how many like followers these guys have. It's gonna be such a mm-hmm. cool trade off." And like, six of their friends show up. And you're like, "What's going on?" Right. Um, I don't know. If you, do you experience like that angle of things, like putting together shows, like? I mean, imagine now that because of COVID, you really ain't, you're not really traveling too, too far. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, we we play,
2: I think, maybe a little bit too much in our immediate area. Um, so it can be kind of a toss up of like what the night's going to bring or, you know, who else we're playing with, how, how it's all going to go. But yeah, I don't know.
0: That's, it sucks because like that's another thing you like you can't predict the people, you know.
2: Mm-hmm. Like
0: you can do everything, quote unquote, right marketing wise to to have a good show, and it can mm-hmm. still be a flop. You're like, oh
1: man, this right? A
0: bummer. <laughs> right,
2: because you just like you didn't happen to know there's like something bigger going on on right. the other side of town that night or whatever, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. Is it like what what I would find interesting is like. Like, when you're putting together a bill, are you just, like, a, like being someone that handles your own booking, like, do you look at it as, like, the type of music that's on the bill? Do you, like, book kind of, like, a, bands that are going to relate musically to you, or do you just kind of go with bands you dig?
2: Well, I mean, if I'm booking it myself, personally, yeah. I just want to play with, I mean, I, I want to play with people that I like and the people that are also good, which, yeah. like... It's a Venn diagram for sure, like, um, of, you know, of those things. But lately we just have, we get asked to play with our buddies, you know, locally or, you know, in the tri-state area. And it's like, if, if the show seems like it's in a place that we've never played before or it's with bands we never played with before, um, I'm more inclined to say yes just because it's like there's no excuse like we might as well have a a new experience and a new type of opportunity um and yeah but mostly mostly it's like people asking us to hop on their
0: their bills
2: kind of thing okay
0: that's yeah that's good is it like a i don't know sometimes like that that gets to be too too much too especially if you're doing like the same area you know and then they want you yeah yeah it
2: definitely does right and I mean, I'm just grateful that like we never ha- we never had our pay to play era. Like that, nice. that thankfully yeah. somewhat we we avoided it. Um, <laughs> just just because I've been I've been doing it for so long solo that I know enough people that it's like I don't have to
0: deal with that. Really, um, it's the worst feeling. Uh, Those, yeah, because you're like. You're begging everyone to come see you. Like, not you, but they put you, the the venues, like, certain venues do that. They put you in this position where you're begging people to come see you, and then they have Mm -hmm. to go there, and you're like, all right, let's have a good time. You're like, like like the friend that's dragging the other friend to the thing, they kind of want to go to, and you're like, what do you mean you don't want to go see Ghostbusters 3? (laughs) Like, Mm I don't like Ghostbusters, dude. This whole thing sucks. (laughs) Like, Yeah. (laughs) um, And you're trying to just have a good time, and it, it, it. I don't know, um we I've had to do quite a few of those, but I just always gave in and never sold anything, but I know like like some venues like where you're at, you really have to right like oh, what's the one Bruce uh, Bruce Springsteen played at all the time in Ashbury um Pony or whatever
2: yeah um, mm-hmm. i heard,
0: I heard that I can't remember who I was talking to, but they were telling me it was pretty much like pay the play for the first like umpteen times you're there.
2: Um, we played there a couple of times and it wasn't, okay. it wasn't that way, but I know they did, they do all sorts of like, you know, battle of the bands shit where it's like, there's 20 bands playing. And if you don't sell tickets for that, you know, but it's like, why are you entering? Don't, don't enter a battle of the bands. If you're like an adult, you know, I don't know. Like <laughs> I've, I've never had any bad um, experiences playing there, but like also now, um, live nation, they're they're owned by Live Nation as well as a couple okay. of the other venues in town. There's only one independent venue in Asbury Park. There's yeah. one, and it's it's called the Saint, and it's I think it's 150 cap, and even that is pushing it. I feel you can comfortably fit like 45 people in there. Um, <laughs> it's a little dive bar, but yeah. it's the best sounding. It's the best sounding venue in town, and it's literally the only independent venue left. It's the only Damn. one. So yeah.
0: That sucks. But I mean it's dope that they're there, but it sucks that everything's getting kinda of bought out. Um
2: Yeah, and I mean, yeah, they're kind of on their last leg. I hope I hope they're able to keep keep the vibe alive, but you know, Is it
0: COVID, you think that really
2: Yeah, and even before COVID they you know, they've been kind of not doing not doing great. They've gotten like GoFundMe bailouts a couple of times because, you know, they were they were out of money or they were going to have to sell or something, but they're, like, the the local institution of, like, this is the beloved place that everyone loves, you know, at least in my experience, but Fingers- you either love it or you hate it, I guess, but
0: yeah. <laughs> Fingers crossed they keep going. Fuck.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah. So I feel.
0: Um, so, what's it, what's it, are you guys thinking about, is there any, like, uh, like thought of recording or writing anything new so far, or I mean, I um, re- I have a sorry
2: (laughs) yeah no it's okay sorry yeah i I have a couple things that are cooking um we haven't we have no plans of like getting back in the studio just yet but um i think it won't be too long before i have a batch of stuff that is good to go lately me and dana have been working on a little side project thing um which has been which has been super fun for me because i get to do my favorite thing which is i write a little bit of a song and then and it takes me ten minutes, and then Dana spends hours and hours and hours making it sound <laughs> really fucking good. Um, and then I get, and I get half the glory at least. So, uh, yeah. And so you get
0: hours that like just be like, cool. I can do my own thing now. Yeah, I'll see you later. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's he's never not chewing on something and working on some.
2: I mean, he's got a million different projects going at all times. But um, does he got his yeah, own group? It's been really play? Fun yeah yeah definitely um his his main band um that i was that he's you know playing with these days is called grasser they just put out their debut album the same day as we as we put out leash and it was completely a coincidence that that, that happened but um yeah check out grasser they're fucking awesome and Dana also has a solo project called dana y uh w-h-y and yeah just some really like incredible sonic choices that like uh, only a madman could make and really some really cool um grasser is like genreless and really hard to define but i would say they're like pop rock r&b sort of informed
0: Okay. hard that, to pin down but i'm into yeah. it that sounds rad I'll yeah. Check that out. yeah there's there's and even with like I mean, even with like little, there's like the with your stuff. There's like this madness to it. Like there's a, the certain parts that build up in these weird ways. And you're like, what is that? And like, that's a, it's, a, it's a, I don't know what you call that, that, that sound or that uh, approach to music, the chaotic like thing. But the blend mm-hmm, that you guys mm-hmm. do is super rad. So if it's inspired Thanks. from Dana or uh, uh, assisted, I'm super stoked to check it out. Um, yeah,
2: thank you. Yeah, I mean, you you definitely won't be disappointed with with
0: their stuff it's like a treat a total treat to hear sick well avery thank yeah. you so much for hanging out with me and chatting i know we've been bouncing yeah. back and forth and like house yeah. I, I, um, oh one more uh, i was in, wondering I, I have like there's this cover of a of mother you guys did yeah. can, can, can i inquire about that before we wrap this up
2: yeah how did you find that
0: uh, twitter is a wild place Twitter is a fucking wild place. Yeah. All right.
2: So um, last summer, I guess, um, my my good friend Nick Miller and I got to working on a cover of Mother by Danzig um, <laughs> called Brother um, because of a meme, I guess you would call it, called the Brother Check-In, um, which is just like a thing that was going around. I just took that exact the text from that and worked it into the melody of mother um, <laughs> for my buddies who their band used to be called the hell yeah babies they're now called no jersey and um, they were do they would do like a monthly variety show um, mtv style video hour where they had friends music videos um, with like little bits and interview type things and jokes and stuff in between. And it was a really cool thing. They were doing it like all of all of early COVID and it was getting me through. Um definitely got me through a lot of the dark the dark times there. Uh but yeah, so me and Nick wrote it with the intention of it being played on the Hell Yeah Baby's show. Um, yeah, I mean it's definitely really stupid, but um I think that was also the first music video, if you could even call it that, that I Edited, like in the same era of Tetris. I think I like. It's pretty much the same. Same video as Tetris, but a uh, little, little different.
0: A little more. Yeah. Bro-
2: brotherish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you know what? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I like that you found them. <laughs> that,
0: that. It's amazing. Um, I think it like because the the video for Piss is kind of like kind of in the same way of Tetris too. May I didn't even think about that because sonically I kind of got that vibe, but also I guess the videotic video video i don't know the right word film all it yeah that also kind of reminded me of that and
2: <laughs> yeah well i mean i guess that's I i made both of those videos and i don't really have great video editing skills i'm not like proficient in that but i know enough to be able to do that um so both of those videos were like me working with what i had which um for piss it was i had like a camcorder that I had found in an old drawer that still worked. And um, I was – I had footage of me flushing toilets uh, <laughs> was, was the idea, um, which,
0: yeah. <laughs> it, it hits the title. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I don't know. It's DIY. It's punk as fuck. And, like, it's – I don't mean that, like, punk in the mentality of punk in like, the cool the mm-hmm. mentality, yeah. not the – conformity mentality of it but like right. i don't know and that's what that's what's cool is like uh with like the good thing about the internet right is like something like that is totally possible as like a legit thing you know not that it's not legit right. or not to deal but you know what i mean like that's the beauty of it that can be equally as appreciated as like um like a cherry that video which which was a much different mm-hmm. like a, a approach to it you know right right, right. <laughs> the punch oh, well, thank you <laughs> but um any, well, anyway, Avery, um, thank you so much for hanging out. This has been awesome. It's been great catching up. I look forward to uh, um, hopefully heading your way soon. Because um, my band, I've been trying to play out of state. Like, it's COVID's has made it, like, impossible. And right, right. Not trying to, like, go into any danger, danger zones, you know. Thank you so much. Yeah, I hope I get to see you yeah, in, the, in the nearish future either way. That'd be dope. Anytime you're coming to Cleveland, yeah. you know. Shoot me a, I can hook up something here, but anywho, awesome Avery. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate, appreciate uh, your time and uh, and um. Just I appreciate you. Out. Thanks
2: for always hitting me with, uh, hitting me with insightful questions and, and listening and such.
0: For sure. All right, I'll let you go. Thanks, Avery. <laughs> Have a good one.
2: Thanks so much. Nice to talk to you.
1: Yeah. Bye.